Here's Blake to Roy. This is for the Hello and welcome into the Backyard Banter Podcast. I am your host, Connor Scott, and joining me this evening, you can already hear him rustling around on the video call, it's the one, the only, Kyle George. Kyle, how are you doing this evening? Good. Uh, Chloe almost came in right as we started the episode, so that was uh, fantastic timing on her part, so was, that's, what, that's what the scuffling was. That's okay. I, I appreciate Hi, you jumping on that because this is a no girls allowed episode. Um, <laughs> in terms of the recording, girls are welcome to listen, but in terms of the recording, no yes. girls allowed. That was a specific request, Tyler, of our, yes. our special guest tonight, who I'm going to get to in a second, but Ty, <laughs> let me check in with you first. How you doing? Doing great, man. We got Blazer basketball tomorrow, so I'm stoked. It's Can't wait. a lot to look forward to and even more to look forward to for our listeners because joining us tonight, it's the king of the Vino game at Vino and Brews, the one, the only, the spectacular Sean Pellets. Sean. Boys, how's it going? Oh, it is going phenomenal. We are pumped to have you on this episode. Uh, we'll get into a little bit about Sean's work and all the experiences he's had in just a moment. But as we do every episode, when we have a guest, we got to run him through some layup lines. Get you nice and stretch up, Loosen Sean. Up. I know all <laughs> of us are way past our athletic primes, and we don't want you pulling a hammy, straining any lats or anything like that. So let's run you through some layup lines, get the brain jogging, get you a mental sweat going. And we've prepared some questions. Actually, you're getting to join in on our sensory overload series Created, suggested by your very own cousin, Nathan Pellets. So shout out there Mark for the family. The family I <laughs> that, promise. That's right. I just don't know why it skipped Michael. But um, <laughs> just kidding. Shout out Michael. He's much smarter than I. We love Michael. <laughs> so sensory overload tonight, the best taste in the world. And Sean, I don't know if you've been listening, but I've kind of been dominating these. So it's nice to have some fresh blood um, in the building, some someone that can provide maybe a little better perspective because Kyle and Tyler have been lacking in comparison. So um, as we as is the standard, you are our guest. So we're going to give the first overall selection, sensory overload, best taste in the world. That's going to you, Sean Pellets. What are you taking off the board? I'll tell you what, right now, it's easy it is super, super easy. Grandma's apple pie. Hands wow. And, yeah. okay. and specifically your grandma, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, I recently lost her. So it was like it, it left up an extra level. Oh, you man. Know? Yeah. Like it, it's that, that taste. You'll never forget it. i very sorry yep. for your loss, first of all and foremost. But second, I know what you mean. I, I still miss my grandpa used to make on Thanksgiving. He would make like candied yams but then somehow throw on like cool whip on the top i know it sounds really fucking weird but so damn like good that. yeah a little bit of a, a, weird a strategic creation. strategic move by sean to go for the sympathy first pick and i and I, re- I appreciate it i like it anything to get ahead <laughs> oh, on us but yeah i'm just saying sorry he's appealing to the emotional side early and ty you're fired up so go ahead and show us where you're going to appeal to please because there's an obvious number one pick sean missed it and (laughs) you just said uh, yeah just uh, to be clear sean missed it okay Okay. his grandma's apple pie not good enough for tyler apparently sean missed it it's 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 a steak from a steakhouse when that piece of meat just 
melts in your mouth and it's like it's like nothing you've ever experienced before it's it's gotta be a nice steak from a steakhouse and you hear it sizzling by and everything yes you know, the smell, all, everything about it the aroma the experience i mean all, all I, of it i rank your your selection maybe a six out of ten i mean it's it's a decent choice like no one's upset about it but i Not mean come on there's definitely no everyone's a, I, I mean i'm we get everyone on this podcast loves a nice steak but i feel like there are just some better choices out there i feel like that's kind of not a choke decision but you could have done what, what do you got kyle what do you well, well no, I'm, no, connor's going third this time he doesn't get to go last every time Dude, like everyone's waiting does. for mine let me go last i've got a good i've got a banger ready <laughs> okay fine I, i'll i'll take the third pick I mean, there's a lot of good food options on the table, um, some classics. And I feel like when you go with your first round selection, you kind of have to pick a classic. So I'm going to I'm just going to take pizza. I'm going to get it off the board. A nice pizza pizza from I'm going to I'm not going to narrow it down to a a specific location because everyone has their own preferences. Pick your favorite pizza place. And that's that's my selection, basically. Okay, so so far, I think. Sean's probably leading because Kyle and Tyler, as we're so accustomed, lack originality. They go steak and pizza. Okay, great, guys. Couldn't have seen that coming. Anyway, let's move on to myself here. I think my favorite taste is when, you know, you might be bickering with someone or going back and forth, and then you're proven to be right, and you get to give them a taste of their own medicine. I knew he was going to put some weird spin on it. Yeah, we all knew it was going to be some bullshit. My favorite I forgot how competitive he was. I, it's been a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you give someone a taste of their own medicine, that's just one of those sweet tastes that can't be replaced. And so my first pick, the ta- the giving someone a taste of their own medicine. And I'll go. I was like, prior to this sensory overload, by the way, I was like trying to think of obscure ways where Connor could spin this so I could try and beat him to it. <laughs> I didn't think of taste your own medicine, but I mean, there it is, boys. It's it's bullshit. It's a cop out, really. That's all it is. Connor's too afraid it's to provide cop. real answers that he just cops out on every sensory overload subject. I, I don't just know. wasn't creative enough to come up Dude, with though, pizza he has and terrible steak. What'd you say? <laughs> yeah. What'd you say? Yeah, that- yeah, we'll taste some food if you can't pick a food. Okay, well, I'll, I'll hit you with my second oh, wait, round it, pick it, right no, here. No, 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 Connor, before you go, it is notorious. Let all the listeners know Connor's palate is so inferior compared so to everyone else. It is the worst palate of all time. So never take any sort of food That's advice from him. That's actually a fact. I See, I don't like this taste. I feel like I'm tasting my own medicine with you guys attacking me right now, and I'm not really appreciating it much. My palate has been deemed world-class by... Palette rankers U.S. I mean, my it's doesn't count. Your dad doesn't count. Uh, he said it. He said it, and I believe him. So he does count, Sean. He does count. And and you guys are calling out my taste in food, but you'll have no choice to agree with my second selection here. It's very specific. It's the hungover McDonald's yeah. breakfast order, mm. and it's usually for me. There we go. It's going to be one. a McGriddle, probably two, and then I'm also going a hash brown, probably two. And a nice OJ if I'm really hungover. That's that's going to be the miracle worker by about 11 a.m. I'm ready to roll again. I'm ready to get back out there. So Yeah, that'll do it. Second round. I'm obviously already dominating this uh, sensory overload, but it's the hungover McDonald's breakfast order. One of the best tastes in the world. Sean, going back to you here. All right. Well, mine's kind of a combo pick. So summer, you're up in Seattle. Ball game, beer, hot dog. I mean, there's... 
Not so much. It's, it's, so it's a trio pick, but I, but I still feel, I feel like that qualifies. Still. You can't get the beer without the dog. You can't get the dog without the beer. Amen. It's true. And it's I like true. that you brought the environment into it because the yeah. environment, much like Tyler did to his credit, the environment definitely adds to a taste when we're talking specifically food. Like the steakhouse, it always tastes a little sweeter there. And then at the ball game, so is there ever a better beer than at the ball game? Is no. there? Uh, eh, that's a good question. landscaping. Mowing the grass. Okay. <laughs> Doing dad activity beers are good. Dad activity beers. Dad activity can't really beers. Go wrong there. <laughs> okay. Like, and I got to say the ball game beer, if you don't finish that in like a half inning, it gets warm really damn quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, unless you're playing in Seattle, I guess where it never, never is sunny. Um, Tyler, I'm going to you. Yes. Second pick. I think another surefire pick. A lot of people probably going to agree with me. Freshly picked berries. From a beautiful farm, a.k.a. Bagenstoss Farms, a.k.a. the Goat Farm, a.k.a. You Wish You've Been There. Um, <laughs> those berries. Now, if we're going to be, if this is going to be an experience draft and Sean's going to take the ballpark atmosphere, I'm going to go ahead and take <laughs> a late night with the boys, maybe a little high. You walk out to the field and you eat all the berries until you have to shake your pants. But it's, it's a good time while you're eating the berries. <laughs> and so yours to be specific is with the boys picking berries at night until you have to shit until you have to shit okay yeah. i didn't see that one coming but that's that's good because ty and also <laughs> i just got to know are they better when you pick or are they better when you buy them from the farm store at bag and sauce farm you pick it's not even close yeah it's gotta be kyle hit there. us so con it, it was kind of sad because your second selection was up the realms of where I was going to go with my second selection. So I, I'm, I'm having to adjust on the fly here, but there's one crucial piece that you that you missed a part of your breakfast order that is crucial. It needs to be said as a, as a crucial taste. And that is the large blue power raid when you are hung over oh, from McDonald's, yeah. but they McDonald's don't serve it anymore and they don't serve it anymore. So that's why it is even more. I would hold it to an even higher standard at this point because you can't even get anymore. And we all know that the blue Powerades that you buy in the bottle are not the same as what you got at McDonald's. McDonald's does something to their drinks. I don't know what it is, and it tastes way better. But that blue Powerade, when you're hungover, oh my God, it is heaven. Well, and Kyle, okay. I'm going to spin off that because obviously Powerade's not in the same ballpark as Gatorade when we're talking sports drinks here. And so I'm going to go with the Gatorade you drink when you, when you get to the bench after competing. I mean, it's one of the best, and especially if it's a twist top, like you come out of the game, whatever oh, yeah, it was, you sports, high school, whatever. The twist tops are, are legendary. And then it's a twist top? I mean, don't put me back in, coach. Just let me sit over here and just love on this Gatorade, <laughs> baby. I mean, that's not what it's all about. So so did you just get yourself an extra pick? I did. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah, what yeah, that, 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 The whole thing's rigged. I knew it. Yeah, the whole thing's bots at this point. And so I, let's I go know. ahead and move right along here as we... Uh, so, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we are going to move along here. Sean, obviously have had some time in the uh, service industry, as have Kyle Tyler and myself. And so we thought it would be only fitting to talk about customer pet peeves. I mean... There's so many to choose from. And, and this could be when you're the customer or this could be when you're serving the customer. Um, and, and so we want to start with you yet again. Uh, tell us about some of your customer pet peeves. It can be from your current job. It can be from a past job. It can be from a time you ordered food and had a random experience. But let us know. What are your customer pet peeves? You know, I'll, I'll keep my company name out of it, but... Um, <laughs> Smart move. He's a businessman. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> there's nothing worse than the know-it-all. 
that oh. tries to tell you everything that you can do. And it's like, no, dude, I no. <laughs> I, I do this every day. I got you. Yeah. No, are, are you sure? Like in your, when you work retail, can you look in the back? Yeah, I can. I'll just go back there and look. But right. I mean, <laughs> we go back there and chat for two minutes and come back out and tell you we don't have it because if we did, yeah. it'd be out here. I mean, that's basically how that rolls. <laughs> the no, 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 that's a good can't ha- can't have yeah. it. That's a good start. It's good a, start. It's a very good pick, and it, it, it applies to a lot of things um, in the customer area. Oh, you you run into them daily. That's that's a fact. Daily, Ty. Yeah, yes. You know, working on the farm, you've had yourself plenty of interactions i'm sure (laughs) not all of them the sweetest so what's your customer pet peeves yeah mine are going to be a little unique but one that is funny running a farm store is when we'll stick to the berries someone comes in and buys a flat of strawberries right right just beautiful beautiful red strawberries the nice little gorgeous you know they they look money and they taste even better shout out bag and taste even better You, you you get back so we sell the nice flat of strawberries to the nice couple you see the nice couple about three, four days later, and they come back in with the same flat of berries, saying, "These berries are Uh-oh. rotten, and we want to read them." Well, yeah, no shit, no, no, no shit, lady. <laughs> put put them in a bag and put them in the fridge or something, or put them in a dark area. Don't leave them on your counter to rot, you dummy. Use them. <laughs> so when people buy produce <laughs> and then bring it back, like, "Hey, my, hey, my produce is rotten." No kidding, it's rotten. Eat it. Not supposed to put it in the freezer. Anything. You can't show up and, buy a potato, and then a week later, come back with a green potato and say, my potato rot. Yeah, no, no shit. That's it's science. You it's fun. That's a specific pet peeve, but it's so oh, funny. <laughs> and I'm, I'm dying. And I'm sure it happens at like the grocery stores, you know. I'm dying so. over here just thinking about people like treating food like it's a retail item. Like six days later being like, hey, my berries just rotted. Like, Yes, yeah. that's what a berry does if not eaten. These don't fit yes. me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> These don't fit my lifestyle right now. I'd like to return six strawberries, please. My mom my mom did a good job dealing with them, but at my younger age, and if I ever came through that because I was out working in the field and if I needed to come into the store to get a drink or something, and I heard that, Twist I would like raid, take it really personally and sometimes speak out of turn. But then my mom is always there to keep calm me down. I can picture you can't like, tell the customer to f off, Tyler. I was gonna say I can picture like eleven year old Tyler like just walking by and someone's like, "Yeah, these strawberries have some spots," and just turns around. Yeah, no shit. Fuck you. You gotta freeze them. <laughs> <laughs> gotta freeze them. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, Kyle, hit us with your first customer pet peeve. You and I both obviously have some experience in the busser and waiter game, so we've yeah. had our fair share. I'm going to start with one from my restaurant experience, not my retail experience. Oh, yeah. You also had retail. I feel like the house. restaurant, there's more in the restaurant like realm that you can talk about for sure because you, sure. that's literally the job is talking to people. Um, but mine's simple, and it's the people that just don't acknowledge you and or like just say thank you whenever you like set something down for them. You know, like you, you, you've taken their order you got their drink or whatever it is and you send it down. I hate the people when you set it down, they just don't even like look at you or like give you a nod or like give you anything. They just like, they just like sit there and just like do nothing. It's and expected just, like, like, rather than you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like for me as the customer, like I always like try to go out of my way to say thank you and like be overly nice because I realize customer service can be tough at times, especially for, you know, waiters and stuff like that. So it's that simple all, one, yeah. it, it's BS. I hate when people just don't say thank you. It's so easy to do. Yeah, that's a good one. And I feel like it's hilarious a lot of the time because the places people will get on their high horse. It's like, dude, 
no offense, but you're you're chilling at the Red Lobster, not freaking Bruce Chris. <laughs> like you don't need to act like I'm your servant here. Like, come on. I mean, this thing's gonna cost you thirteen bucks. Like, chill <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> um, the lobster's four days old, dude. Don't even worry. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on. Like, this isn't you so. You got a serious. lot of worse problems here, man. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's not my fault. Uh, like a seafood spot down the road. I suggest you go. To yeah, exactly. <laughs> Send them over there. I think my first one. Um, being a waiter, it's it's the water camel. I mean, I guess just the camel because they store the water in the humps. But the people that seriously make it a freaking mission to down their water every time you walk by, it's like, dude, I'm already carrying like normal drinks. I got the food over here. I'm not going to go grab the water pitcher every two minutes. But yet... There and and to be honest, my sister's one of them. Shout out Brittany. Um, she <laughs> chugs water and then just sets it at the end of the table every time. Just fill her oh up. And it's like, <laughs> I'm also like, hey, uh, why don't you buy something? Like I like a tip, you know. As the waiter, I'm like, this is literally making me zero dollars and twice, <laughs> twice, the, <laughs> twice the freaking energy. So I'm gonna go with the uh, sit down camels on that one. Sean, we're going back to you. I got a couple that I've been uh, choosing between, but I think one of them is the one that has too much money and doesn't know what to do with it and thinks that they can pay their way through it. Yeah. Like, treat you like shit, and then he's like, oh, here's X amount of money. You're going to do it for me. And it's like, that's no, there's like rule number one, don't be a dick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I do have some personal pride. Like, yes, I'll I'll sing you the happy birthday song, and I'll clap and cha-cha, but I do have a little personal (laughs) pride left. Yeah. Yeah. That's... My pants are staying on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like, I don't know. Like, if you once when you actually have like a bar you go to and stuff, like you get to know that bartender and everything, and you might not tip them that well because you might not have the money, whatever it may be. But like, if you treat them well, they'll like be like, "Hey, I got this new whiskey in that I really want you to try. Here's a shot on me or something." And that's worth a million times more than anything you could ever get. You know? Agreed. Yep. Totally just, agreed. And I, I find like Sean in that example too. It's so bad i don't know if i'm just too obsessed with old sitcoms or something but having like a go-to bar with it where you know the bartender that's a that's a tight situation and you got to earn if that. you're ever in newburgh that's the place you got to go to a place called reddick wood that's the spot right hell yeah there. shout out reddick wood we're gonna be maybe back there banter meetup no i ran in down the road there but you run that whole strip there in newburgh i do my best <laughs> i do my best <laughs> hey we're gonna get into that save some of that save some of that uh i think we're at tyler here yeah uh, mine's gonna go off the know-it-all from Sean's pick, but it's a little nuanced to it. It's the it's the customer who comes to you and tries to tell you like how to advertise and or product place like product placement within the store. Like, hey, uh, your apples should probably be over there by like the pie crust. You know, people are gonna want to buy apple pie. Like, the second time you fucking came at Sean's grandma, dude. Chill with it. Chill with no, no, it. No, 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 no. Don't try and don't try and do that. I mean, but, a... imagine going into someone else's business and being like serious, saying, "Yo, like the corn needs to be next to the hay because I well, won't." Well, I mean, it should. I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty easy one. The corn should be right. Yeah, next come on, dude. And then it's like. What do you do? The funny thing is, it was right next to it. <laughs> but then it's like, what do you do for a living? Oh, yeah, I'm a restroom attendant. It's like, why are you telling me where to place my products? 
I don't understand. Clean your bathroom. If I need to, if I need to know where the hand soap is, I'll come to you. But otherwise, whoa, let's whoa, just whoa, whoa, Colin. They took marketing one hundred and one at PCC. Come on, they know <laughs> how the profit plays. <laughs> or my my favorite is I I own a restaurant. It's like I I doubt you do. I doubt <laughs> yeah, you do. yeah, I doubt <laughs> it because yet again, you if you owned a restaurant, you <laughs> wouldn't was, be at Red Lobster. There was a guy that was complaining that he had to wear a face mask, and the uh, the restaurant I went to has automatic gratuity, and he was bitching and moaning that. And at automatic gratuity, he's like, well, normally I tip more than this and all that and all this. And he's like, well, then do it. And he's like, no. <laughs> well, then do it. You won't. You won't tip me more. Just go. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? It was fun to be a bystander for that one. Yeah. That's, oh, sure. it, the best is when you're not a part of it. And then you get yeah. to watch your coworker just get absolutely roasted for a while. Um, oh, man. Especially if it's a coworker that won't leave you alone on break. Kyle, go ahead and hit us with one. So my second one's going to be specific to when I worked at the Nike retail store. Um, I was a men's footwear department Just person, person or whatever. So it was, so I was always dealing with people asking questions about shoes, but the one pet peeve I have was the person that would go grab like 10 pairs of shoes like throughout the store and then take them to where you try them on oh, and yeah. then just leave all the boxes there. And then they'd, they'd take like one pair with them and go take on that. Then they just wouldn't go put all the shoes back. So I'm just like, really? Like I had to go take all these. Like I just helped you pick your pair of shoes. Now you're going to make me take all these other shoes back. It's like very inconsiderate, very annoying. Kyle, if you want to uh, just at me, just yeah. at me. All right. <laughs> I mean, look, you're getting paid to put those shoes away. All right. So I'm going to try a couple no, on dude, and I'll leave them here. It's job security. Like working. It's job security, bro. <laughs> Come on. Um, next time, just freaking at me, dude. Okay. I'm going to take the, it's kind of the flip side of the know-it-all. The person that's asking you for all your recommendations. I'm like, Hey, I appreciate you're being nice. You're probably just trying to have a conversation, but I'm 18, barely want to be here. And like, if it weren't for the tips, I would have quit two months ago. So I don't give a shit what you order or what wine you get. Because to be honest, I don't know. I don't know. And your palate is not in the same class as mine. I was going to say, so <laughs> it's not in the same class as mine. So you probably uh, wouldn't enjoy. As Connor's got. <laughs> you probably wouldn't enjoy my more sophisticated taste. So I hate when you're just getting pelted with recommendations and you're like a high school kid just doing your job as a waiter. Even worse is when I was a busser and I'd walk by and someone like pull me by, like, "Hey, what do you? What do you? You work here. What do you think about this?" I'm like, "I think it's meatloaf." I mean, I think you should just order it if you like I'm meatloaf. Start, I'm starting to really feel bad for the customers that you dealt with. Yeah. Dude, you know they I've got that. They probably got the wrong suggestions is many it? a time. See, this is Connor the thing. Was probably like, you go to the manager's favorite half is it through half meat sauce, and you get the Alfredo sauce on the side. Like, you're both. <laughs> That's <laughs> you in my exact order. That's my exact order. I must have talked about it a time or two. No, see, I, you, you. You know, you give them a little hostility here and there just to set the tone, yeah. but then you hit oh, them yeah, with the dad definitely, joke definitely. and you target the grandparents on the way out, and then you're the favorite waiter they've ever had. It's a it's a simple, simple game here, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us just play it at a higher level. Uh, <laughs> does anyone have any uh, honorable mentions for customer pet peeves before we dive into the interview with Mr. Pellet? Gotta be said, low tippers. Oh, yeah, I, that's a good one. Low Especially tippers. now. Especially now. I feel like... What okay, this is a good yeah. spin-off question. What's the proper tip? Like like what do you automatically go to? Sometimes you're gonna do a little more, sometimes a little less if it's really bad, but like what's your automatic percentage go to? I have a very structured 20. system. At the very minimum, you have to do at least ten percent, but that's a low tip and that's BS. I do twenty percent as well, Tyler, but I always say like fifteen to twenty 
is what it should be. But at the very minimum, if you if you just can't afford it or something like that, you go with the ten percent. I'm twenty pretty much every time, unless I have a horrible experience, or if I have a great experience, I'll tip more. For me, I'm always guaranteed twenty. If it's better, I'll leave more than that. And then it's if there it's a really good experience, it's twenty twenty five percent for the staff, and then plus a handshake at the end. Wow, a handshake! That's classy. Ooh, that's a man. That's I mean, classy. Once you get good at it, dude, you just want to show it off. I yeah, <laughs> that's fair. You're just like, yeah, that's fair. Web to web. That's fair. That? That? <laughs> Walking out of the restaurant, they're like, "Man, the food was good, but that handshake. Did you guys? Did you guys get a piece of that?" <laughs> I my theory is you start at about ten bucks, and then you just start ticking off mistakes and a dollar per mistake. And if you if it ends too low, I just I do the opposite of Sean. You leave the tip and you run. If it's like two bucks, you just leave the tip and run. It's like sorry, no, I'm I'm twenty percent. I'm not that shitty of a human. Um. I think I think you can go. Twenty is pretty standard. I I feel like it used to be more like fifteen, and then it got yeah, to eighteen. But, but nowadays, I feel like it's tech. twenty. I feel like yeah, yeah. But I also like round numbers. I like five, ten, fifteen, twenty. I don't like to see rant weird numbers. I know I don't yeah. get the whole eighteen percent thing. It's like just throw the extra two percent on that bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <I know. laughs> so make easy. it easy on it's the two bucks is worth my brain power. <laughs> Yeah, for us, it's usually like 50 cents extra, too. So <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Well. Again, last time I'll say it, but the Red Lobster prices are banging, so the tips are never that high. Um, I don't even like seafood. Anyway, let's get into the interview here Just with Sean. a little Sean. bit of seafood. Oh, we're not going to expand on that. We're going to move right past oh it. <laughs> Sean, <Dirty dog. laughs> obviously, we uh, had you on for a reason, and as much as we like to talk to you about sensory overload, it's clear now that you just can't compete with me um, in that sort of a contest. And so let's go to somewhere where you can dominate all of us, and that would be back in the Vino game. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about how you got into the wine industry and what you're currently doing um, over at your winery. I'm not going to try to say the name because I've messed it up like six times in practicing, so I don't want to disrespect it. I know it seems easy, but just trust me. Oh, no, you're good. No, so I started working there right before, right after I graduated college, actually. Hell yeah. Um, from where? Where'd you graduate? Oh, from the Linfield College. When it was Linfield University, baby. Let's go, cats. Oh, man. Anyway, it, go I ahead. Call it Linfield College. I still call it Linfield College. Me too. Deep in the <laughs> yeah. heart. And I honestly, I had uh, something that I wanted to do because I studied marketing and everything, and I had something I wanted to do, but I needed a job for the summer, and I started working there just as trying to get my foot in the door, knew nothing about wine. And it, it's as funny as it takes just that one person that shows interest in, in teaching you. And I had a very good mentor who has now uh, actually moved down to Miami. He's running the um, the green, the Blue Monster, the nicest uh, golf course down in Miami. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so he he took me under his wing and started showing me all these wines, and we'd go over to his house and open up crazy 1986, like, Bordeaux and 1991 Barolos and all this stuff, and it just showed how fun wine could be. And then once you realize that, it's like, oh, shit, I could be paid to drink wine and serve and help people and do that. So I'm a... Uh, sommelier up at the winery that I've been there for almost May will be four years. So three and a half years. Dang. So you're, you're a sommelier already. Yeah, I did that. I actually, I would, I passed March 3rd. So right before everything shut down, can you, can you explain, explain the sommelier and like the process to become one as well? Because I think like most of us have heard and know like what a sommelier does, but I'm, I'm 
so curious how you kind of develop those skills as well as get the certification like, okay, this person's good enough, but then like the guy next to you, right, might just not have the buds for it, you know, like Kyle or Tyler. They they just don't have, we've talked about pallets, I mean, D minuses over there. That's so, true. So what's well, that process look like? And then, well, first off, there's popular culture makes it look like it's just one test and you pass it and it's great and you're there. It, that's not how yeah. it, there's four levels. Uh-huh. And so like you take tests each level you go up. And so I personally just passed level one. I haven't been able to, cause there's no classes right now. Right. So you're just, you're just doing it on your own and all that fun stuff, but you get to read fun books like this every night on, oh, just shit. on, the, world, on the world of wine and all that fun stuff. Um, uh-huh. And it's all self-taught. So I, in my corner over there, I got quite a bit of wine and literally on a night, you just open up a bottle and it's for education. You, that, that sounds pretty sick. That's what you do. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, Oh damn, like that, that is a collection. Are, are you learning, Sean, are you learning more through these books or more like through like with your mentor or like coworkers oh, or people that you're around? Real world situations, just talking to my coworker. Yeah. Like my coworkers are the, by far the best tool I've ever had. Like they're, I work with some uh, sommeliers that have worked in Michelin star restaurants in New York. Oh, wow. uh, In Hawaii, like, well, not Michelin restaurants in Hawaii, but like in big time spots where I'm a fly on the wall and I'm happy being that fly on the wall. It's it's cool. And so when you're like, let's, let's call it practicing right, right now. So when you're practicing, you're having your glass of wine, are you trying to pick out specific flavors or like kind of, can you walk us through like one, how you're practicing and then how that would apply to like the test? Are they trying to are you trying to nail like a couple different flavors oh, yeah. and aromas and that kind of a thing? And then if you're accurate enough, it's like, okay, they can depict these flavors and aromas out of this wine as well as, I don't know. I mean, you obviously are the expert, so I'll just let you take it. Well, the way that it is, it's, it's kind of funny. Like on a math test, you have to have a formula and that formula gets you to the right answer. And if you don't follow that formula, you're going to get it wrong. Right. Here, yeah. You're smelling the wine. You pick out things. There's this whole grid that starts with sight. So you literally do the swirl of the glass, you look at it, you do all that fun stuff that they've all dramatized and you go through <laughs> sight, smell, smell. And then, so like you go through smell, we know well about those sensory things. overload. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you go taste. Sounds like something I'd be good at. It, it, imagine like, like a funnel where you, you start out at the top. Okay. Is it red or white? Connor, even you can get this one, right? It's red or white. And then you, you go from there and there and there. And then if you start seeing, Oh, it's very, it has more fruit than it has alcohol because like alcohol would be it's more like warmer in your in your throat or something. So what you would say is, oh, if it has more fruit, you would think it's New World. So it wouldn't be like Spain, Italy, France, because those have less alcohol. You Damn. go more towards New World, Oregon, maybe Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just start going common characteristics. So, so that's the why whole I, part about it is it sounds like it's a lot of science, but a lot of history as well, because you have to know oh, yeah. regions and stuff. And I think the history part might be the thing that attracts me the most to it and what seems the most fascinating. I mean, you got winemakers over in in France that are 16th, 17th generation winemakers who lost all their product in the middle of World War II, except for two cases over in the corner because they they literally put up a fake wall. So then the the Nazis wouldn't see the the wine. It's it's, it's Uh incredible. And yeah. I would imagine that's part of what kind of binds the community together um, is oh, yeah. kind of that common passion for not only the wine itself, but the history around it. Um, one thing I was I was curious about, uh, quick pop quiz, where's champagne from? That's a, Kyle, I'm going to kick that to you. Where's champagne from? Wait, 
Like, is is this a trick question? Kind of. <laughs> I, I, I think know. it's from Champagne, wherever Champagne is. Well done, yeah. Tyler. Tyler steals the point. Kyle, you're Champagne now down City. by one. Champagne City. Champagne. <laughs> That's right. It's in Champagne City. Um, Sean, another thing I was curious about is when you're opening, like what you know, you mentioned your mentor and how he was uh, showing you kind of those nice, you know, the pristine bottles of wine. When you first start, um, or for people like you know the common person like Tyler, Kyle, and myself who's tasted who likes wine but is not you know a professional, are we? is there any chance we're going to notice the difference between those like older wines and whatnot, or is it kind of wasted on, um, a, a common consumer? Oh, no, that makes that, sense. No, it's actually really fun. The way I like to do it is I like to tell it as a story. You, it's really fun. We'll do it sometime. It's like you put a 2012 next to a 2017, you pour those side by side and you look at the, the, the 2012 red wines get lighter with age. White wines get darker with age, so they have this this different like it looks like a brick almost. And what the way I the way I think about it is, what was I doing in 2012? Holy shit, we were all in high school then, and now we're drinking a bottle of wine that was touched by hands in 2012. You know, it's like a, it's time travel, and that's what makes it so cool and goes back to that history you were talking about, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another another cool thing that I was able to go up and you know see with my girlfriend one time, and you were explaining to me that. Some of the grapes in this one bottle that you let us taste were from, I believe you said Spain, where that lot, the land there is very expensive. Like you get a half acre for like millions of dollars. Oh yeah. And like this, this, these grapes were grown on it on like a certain elevation and on a hill or whatever the case may be. Now, are those really like, like, is that land like that much of a difference just because of everything that's made up within it, like compared to the Oregon? Because I know Oregon and the Willamette Valley grows good wine, but can you tell a difference, like really tell a difference from the Spain stuff or wherever you compared to the Oregon? You you certainly can. When you do like the what we were doing was like French and Oregon side by side. France has been making wine for thousands of years. And so you have land that's been harvested for thousands and thousands of years and you have yeah. completely different soil. So out here you have volcanic soil out there. You have limestone soil. So it's uh-huh. literally like you were to lick a limestone, like a, like a chalk block. It tastes like chalk. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> the, the easiest sense of the world. Like white burgundy tastes like chalk. Oregon Chardonnay tastes like, or white burgundy is uh, French Chardonnay um, from Burgundy. And then uh, Oregon Chardonnay tastes like a bunch of fruit right up, up front. So you can tell right away most times. So, so Sean, okay. give it like kind of bouncing off Connor's question earlier about how it was he was making the point that nice wine could be wasted on people that don't necessarily appreciate or know uh, <laughs> the, certain, the certain flavors and things like that. I guess, how would you recommend for, for peasants like us who don't understand, like how can we start practicing those kind of things? Like what's the simplest way for us to start learning these different categories and different soils and things like that? One of the things I recommend is find a, find a, lo- a local wine shop or something and just start asking the Psalm questions there. And, the Psalms are really good at marketing is really good at making, make sure wines are really expensive. So the company makes money, but Psalms are really good at finding those gems. And once you find that gem, it's like some of my favorite wines are $15 bottles of wine. Like that's just, it's, it's once you find those things then you can start seeing the difference between those and then eventually go out to dinner with your parents 
and make them buy a nice bottle of wine and then you just <laughs> different. Yeah. yeah. That's that's we have that in common because some of my favorite bottles of wine are two dollars from Trader Joe's. So it's it's very similar. Um one thing I was <laughs> John's reaction. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I was wondering, Sean, if I want to uh you know, my typical move with wine right now to uh show my knowledge is to have it poured right and then immediately grab it swirl it around and just say wow the legs on that um, oh yeah <laughs> do you have any other quick tips to make me sound smart without actually knowing anything do one of these you, you do the the swirl and then you look down in it from the top okay you do oh. that and they know you're looking at something give it right to the nose oh okay this yeah, is right good to the nose. Uh-huh. and then, and then say, say okie afterbirth Okie okay, afterbirth. Thank you. I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, your, I got it. Oh, the, the, the ring looks really looks really light right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. No, that's no, better because right now I just keep. I'll have like a second glass of wine and immediately just again go back to oh, and the legs on this one too. And then one, usually, one of the funny things about wine is when people are holding their glass, they like to hold it like this, like with the whole hand on the glass. One way yeah. to tell people apart from when they actually take it seriously is if they only hold it by the stem. Because your hands heat up the wine. Oh. So and you can kind of see that people. I would be given away. Way that you hold, speaking of the way that you, that you hold a wine glass, one of the most interesting things I thought when I went and uh, visited you was uh, you said you had to be taught to like hold like 10 wine glasses at a time oh, yeah. when you're busting a table. And this man had like 20 wine glasses stacked on top of each other in the most ridiculous way. And he was just walking out like it was nothing. I thought that was incredible. Yeah, it makes it yeah, clearing tables a lot easier. And yeah, it, it was impressive. Do you have any stories about dropping a handful or anything, or have you been pretty clean in I your career? Yet. Okay, well, I'll knock on some wood for you. <laughs> yeah, I haven't yet. Um, Sean, obviously, the the wine industry has almost, I, I don't know if it's boomed because it's always been as popular as it is, but especially in the NBA circles, we've seen wine become a major talking point. Um, have you had any opportunities to work with famous, famous clients? clientele you can divulge or can you expand on some of the more like do you have repeat customers that are coming back to you specifically or looking to do business with um you specifically or i guess the winery but then they've kind of enjoyed their experience with you kind of any stories around that well there is there is some things i as you guys know i work pretty close with a lot of the the blazers actually there it is hell yeah you do and uh dame 19 plus 1900 for mvp that guy's hungry he's gonna get it this year oh yeah let's go let's go if you haven't bet those odds right now you're not truly a blazer fan yeah i'll say so um no a lot of those guys are are really cool they all they want to do is is learn so what we do is when when i see some of them so i we have a big project coming out in the next couple months with mellow actually um that is going to be really cool. But what we, we do when they, they come in, they want to provide, they want to have a sanctuary from life. So like a right. private area for everything. And these guys are so into it. Like yeah. CJ will just take notes on notes on notes. And obviously he's doing his own wine right now and everything, but like coach Stotts is one of the most in- intelligent uh, people I've ever met about Burgundy wines himself. Like he sat down and he's like, Hey, I want some Gervais Chambertin. And I was like, Whoa, hello. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> means business. Greg Popovich, same way. Like it's it's crazy. They they love wine. They can So they, do you think that's a is that um because of where we are? Like the Portland Trailblazers were in Oregon, the Willamette Valley oh, yeah. known for some wine. We have people traveling here for wine. Is that not a victim of circumstance, but of circumstance that these guys are into it? Because I could see how 
a guy with some money in the in the NBA could get into wine because of the rich history and how interesting it is. And I mean, it's just delicious. So it's it's interesting to see that all these guys are into it. Yeah, absolutely. There's I mean, we are a product of being so close to great wine country. But to be honest, we're not where some wineries are seen as investments. So like you, you go and buy a bottle of domain Romy Conti upon release, it's $13,000 a bottle and you go and sell it 10 years later untouched and it's $40,000 a bottle. And that's like, they do that instead of trading stocks, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But one thing that the NBA has done, or I guess it's really been one person in the NBA, LeBron James has made drinking wine <laughs> NBA look really cool. I mean, before him, I don't remember much of it. Much of NBA seems to be where the boom happened. I mean, yeah, seeing really bringing all those bottles to the bubble was hilarious. Oh yeah! Oh, that was that was cool. Yeah. And did you have a hand in that? Oh yeah. So he and I would talk probably every week or so, and I'd send him, I'd send him quite a bit of wine down to the bubble, and we would we were sending some some celebration bottles down to the to the boys and everything. That's um, awesome. Same with a couple other teams and a couple of other guys down there. Um, we got some some new. I got some new clients down in that play for the Phoenix Suns now too, and it's it's really cool. And can we, sounds like you're a part we, of the team, basically. Is what yeah, I mean. The official yeah, I mean, small that's yay. a crucial player in the system. I mean, I met his dog, so I mean, you tell me. Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> you're, dude, you need a number. Like you need a jersey and a number. <laughs> can, we, can we downstairs? Shawnee, can we divulge where you? work or do you want to keep that on the DLO? Um, I, I work at domain three and I'm sure everyone knows that's but. yeah. So what's what, what about domain serene is so special that all these guys are wanting to come there and drink your wine? Well, we're, we're really lucky where we have awesome owners that have provided a space that are, is just massive, but it's also quaint. Right. So you're able to come in and have Connor, have you been? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's massive, but there are little spots where you can have private areas, and yeah, yeah. We're also blessed with such an amazing team that we all are professionals, where we're able to just kind of hang out and provide service with not being like, oh my god, I need your your autograph and and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Sean, obviously, my parents are members there, and I go with them every once in a while, and you always, you know, provide us fantastic service. So one, can you give me a potential insider scoop as to where on the grounds is a great place to go have a glass of wine that I don't know about? Because usually I'm just in like the main area. Is there like somewhere on the grounds I should be going to that's like only you would know about or only like exclusive people know about? There, There's a spot where you have obviously the beautiful views out the back. But if you go, you take a little trail down to the side, there's this little uh, platform that has comfy chairs and everything. And it overlooks the entire Western part or Northern part of the um, Dundee Hills. That's completely secluded, and you can't hear anything other than yourselves. It's really cool. Yeah. 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 And then the downstairs little dungeon looking area that you let me just see, I couldn't sit down, but I could see with my eyes was (laughs) awesome. And I could see why people would like enjoy a nice little quiet time down there. And, Sean, you you touched a little bit on how um, your your staff is obviously very professional in in terms of when the Blazers come in or or any famous clientele that is. I was curious about your first experience when you were asked to serve or give some you know details on the wine to one of those uh, more famous clientele. Can you give a little bit about what was going through your head and how you approached oh, that? Or if God. it was just another day in the office, I would I would yeah. expect not. I would expect not. <laughs> Dude, I was fresh out of college and I was I came into work one day and I was looking at the reservation sheet and I saw some guy's name and I was like, Oh, that'd be funny if it's actually him. 
Lo and behold, I walk into the main tasting room and there's a six, eight guy sitting at the table. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and go, I, myself, I go up to him and I'm like, Hey, I hit a game winning shot with you in NBA 2K last night. Good to see you. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Oh, no. That's hilarious. <laughs> How did they react? Yeah. He was he was a really cool guy. He and I are so close friends. He's uh um he now uh, Evan Turner, so he coaches up. Oh yeah, uh, ET baby at, at the Celtics. Hell yeah, uh, really nice guy, really really cool. And I've heard he's one of the funniest people on the planet, as I'm sure he, you can attest to. He is really funny. What did he say when you told him that you scored with him in 2K? I appreciate it, bro. He's got to get stuff like that all the time. <laughs> So I appreciate that. And then he was like, yeah, okay, next one. So yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sean, are you, uh, are we, this is, I mean, you've got a great deal going here. Are we, should we expect to see you on the private jets and the yacht parties and everything in the coming years? Uh Oh, he's got a story. (laughs) Dude, I got a year ago. I got invited by ET on, on, uh, all-star weekend. Uh, he came in one morning and he was like, Hey, I want you to come out. I want to have you come down with us to uh santa barbara i'll take you out on the private jet and all this stuff everything i want to do wine tastings down in santa barbara and everything i'll come out i'll send a car to you on friday night i'll have you dropped off monday morning and all that fun stuff they said no notice and everything like oh i'm sorry we don't we're and i was like okay that i mean that makes yeah. sense but i was like oh dude damn yeah that one hurts okay great you're like are you are you extra sure are you extra yeah. sure because we're talking <laughs> yeah. i don't know if i said private jet. a tough decision but probably a better one for the long run yeah yeah um but it would have been hella fun yes something else i was curious about uh going away from the famous clientele more to clientele like myself uh when you how quickly do you identify like the person who's there to pay the 25 bucks for the tasting and then bounce like, and, and maybe buy one bottle, but like, you're like, okay, limited time spent with that group because they're not really, is it like that? Or are you just trying to treat everyone exactly the, you know, trying to treat everyone the same? I mean, I know you have a job when you're doing the tastings to describe um, each of the wines, but can you tell pretty quick? It's, it's crazy. Nowadays, you never know. You okay. really never know. Okay, that's. I was curious about that. There's, there's, there's. You never know when someone's gonna buy three cases of wine or just hang out. And I mean, there are little subtle cues where you can tell if they're gonna buy and how much. And there are certain questions that they ask where you're like, "Oh, let me show you this." But you never decrease your style of service. You always can increase it. Right. You know. That's a good um, point. Yeah. But you, especially nowadays, you really never know who is interested because wine is so transcendent with everyone right yeah i do think i gave myself away when i showed up with uh a vest on and no undershirt i think they knew at that point <laughs> that this guy wasn't serious about the showing a little too wine. much chest yeah, yeah a little too much <laughs> chest and a little too uh, much for the, for the people listening though i do suggest you got to get out whenever you feel comfortable go check out sean at domain serene because when you go through the tasting that my favorite part was listening or listening to you explain each one, the differences, little nuances. And then once we made it through the tasting, you showed us like a nice bottle you had or whatnot and just learning everything about it. And once you start drinking a little, you get starting to ask a lot of questions and <laughs> fun, I, I, especially I, you, you, you chatterbox. You learn a ton. It's great. And yeah. I think, do you enjoy that, Sean? Do you enjoy teaching? Oh, uh, 
teaching. I don't, I don't call it teaching. I, I call it, I don't know, but I just, I call it hanging out. Like when people come in, I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to hang yeah. out all day. Like, yeah. And, and that's my personality. I'm not, I'm not a, that's just how I, how I roll, you know? Yeah. I think it benefits you. I do as well. Uh, one, one other thing I was wondering is actually two, two final questions and then we'll, uh, let you go here since we've kept you for almost an hour, but I'm, I'm curious about the biggest, you know, wine, wine can get pretty spendy. You've got some people that, you know, like <laughs> to spend that dough. You don't have to say who, but can you reveal maybe the biggest tip you've ever gotten on a single order? You don't have to, if that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, I just, no, I'm was, a little curious. Um, in, in my, or in a ballpark, world, how about a ballpark in our world? Cash is King. Okay. Okay. It was it was north of three figures. Oh wow. Okay. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's a good day on the job. That's a really good day. I would hope so. That's when you go Daddy in. Daddy stopped and bought himself some dinner that night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Red lobster, right? Okay. Yeah. Fourth time. Uh, <laughs> Shout out Red Lobster, man. Yeah, Thanks Red Lobster. I don't know what it is, but right? <laughs> I don't know what it is either. I'm curious. Their cheese biscuits incredible, by the way. That's, oh. that's <laughs> also, Sean, are there perks that cut? Like, are you getting to take home? You, we saw your collection back there. Are you having to pay for that, or is it part of your job to, and domain providing that wine to you so that you can understand and be a better sommelier um, with you know each day? Or are you having to buy each of those cases, or is it kind of a mix and match? It's definitely a mix and match. Some of it is uh, guests will bring in bottles and they're like, oh, we tried this. We went to another winery. We want you to try it. Um, the wine that I get from 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 work, I, I purchase. I mean, there is employee education wine that we do get. Okay. Um, but at the end of the night, also, whenever a bottle has been open for too long or something and there's just a little bit left, we're able to take it home. So, like, my nice. recycling bin looks really atrocious, but <laughs> not what it looks like. It's, a, it's all just <laughs> it's like a glass left bottle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I promise. That yeah. does make me think though, being a sommelier, how are you not just kind of like tipsy all day long? Like, I feel like one said I'm not. Okay. That's what I was curious about because you got to have some like pretty good tipsy motor skills at this point. Cause you're dealing with all the glassware, you're tasting wines, you know, all I mean, day long. You do have to spit it and that's one thing I do take very seriously at work is like you don't you do have to you don't have to but only if you're a quitter like Tyler. It's true. (laughs) I ain't no quitter. (laughs) Um, Okay, I was curious about that because if it were me and knowing how I how I handle the the old booze, I would be tipping around and falling down. Connor swallows everyone. (laughs) I'll get the joke out there. Connor Connor swallows the wine. Well done. Thank you. The wine. I do swallow the wine. Um, does anyone else on the pod have any uh, follow-up questions for Sean here before we let him go? I was going to ask one simple question because shout out to your new Instagram page. Um, it's it's Vino and Brews, correct? What, what's the actual name of it? Yeah, give us the at. Yeah, give, give us the at. Vino and Brews. You'll, Vino and Brews. You'll see it yeah. on our story uh, over the uh, coming months. We'll be reposting a lot of but Sean's my, stuff. But my question is, my question is. Uh, Give me, give me a nice brew that I need to try. What's a brew that I haven't had yet that I need to try right now? Love it, dude. If, if you ever get the chance to, you might. It might be hard to find it out here. Actually, out in Northwest Portland, there's a little tap house called uh, Civic Tap House on Burnside. Uh, they might. Down. It's uh, it's called the Ale Apothecary. 
It's okay. some of the wildest beers you'll ever have. <clears throat> They're not cheap because they are all barrel aged and barrel fermented. Um, so it's like that. It's like a, it's a sour basically. Um, Ooh, but I love it, it's all local. I only, I try to only drink local, but yeah, kind of helping kelp in the same industry. But that being said, my, my go-to beer is rolling rock. Shout out Parker. <laughs> so like that's, that's the only shout out Parker. Yeah. Rolling rocks. All I drink on that one. Hell yeah. All right. Hell yeah. Still staying grounded. And we appreciate that about yeah. you, Sean. And yeah. we also, and, Oh, Ty go. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a question, more of a statement, but uh, the boys will definitely be visiting soon. And oh, yeah. We can get an invite. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got, we'll, we'll, we'll loop back around. I got wine for you guys. I just got to find a way to get it to you guys. Hell, yeah. Word, man. That's oh, what God. we're talking about. Yes. Well, Sean, we have not only appreciated your time and stopping by, but also the education around the wine industry has been something I think a lot of us are curious about, but like Kyle was mentioning, it's a little scary to get into it. To So to have someone like you who's very well-versed and obviously has a ton of experience um, with these wines has been really fun to learn about, and I know all the listeners are going to enjoy this episode a ton. So just want to yeah, say thank fun, you, and I can't wait to have you back on because we got to talk some Blazers mid-season because I oh, know... Yeah. You're following that team just as hard as we are. So, Dude, Christmas Eve is actually tonight. I know. That's right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's how I want to end yeah. this episode. Shout, yeah, out, shout out to you, Sean. Shout out Backyard Banter. We'll be back at it next week. Oh, actually, a little later this week. We got a little surprise coming. A little later on this week, a little short episode for you. But look out for at Vino and Brews on Instagram. Give Sean a follow and also go find him at Domain Serene if you need to learn a bit about wine. Sean, you are the man. Thank you so much. Cheers, gentlemen. All right. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. Peace out, y'all. Here's Blake to Roy. This is for the... A three wins the series. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. Lillard got it.